Welcome to the College Park Church of Christ Sermon Series Podcast. This sermon was recorded at the College Park Church of Christ in the Conroe Porter area. Join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thanks for studying the Word of God with us. Good to see everyone this morning. Appreciate you being here and being a part of our assembly this morning. Been looking forward to this day for some time and looking forward to this afternoon celebration as well. But uh, months have gone by since we uh, looked at the possibility and talked among our teachers about the possibility of doing a series called Eight Weeks to a Better Body. And we've got some young men in this room that go to the gym every morning and they were excited. Uh, yes, finally we get you know this opportunity to talk about better bodies and like we're going to suggest that. You know what I'm saying? I, you know. Uh, but at the same time, I do want to define what we're talking about. Uh, when I look at eight weeks to a better body, what is the subject going to be? And well, first of all, it's not really eight weeks. It's eight sermons because we've got some other guest speakers that are going to be in the middle of what we're doing. So uh, eight weeks is uh, the title, but it's not really going to be eight weeks. It's going to carry us into December, in fact. Uh, for us to ultimately accomplish it. Uh, there's several different subjects that we've lined out to talk about, and they're spread out among several of our teachers, but uh, this morning's the complete person, uh, the head, uh, the interdependence of the body, maturity and growth, endurance training, avoiding atrophy, avoiding injury, resistance training, all of those things are going to be talked about over those eight sermons. Then I want to skip down to the concept of body because we're not talking about the physical body. We are talking about the church, Christ's church, his body. And there are some passages of scripture like Ephesians 1 verse number 22. It put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. There's another passage found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse number 27 says, you're the body of Christ and members in particular. So when we talk about eight weeks or eight sermons to a better body, we're talking about the body of Christ. We're talking about the church being the best that it can be, which brings us to really our third point. I've got it number two in line, but, but it's really our third point, and, and it's the concept of better. What do we mean by better? And, and the reality is all of us can improve. None of us are there. Wherever there is, none of us are there. So kind of the attitude of presenting to you the concept that we need to constantly be striving, we need to be working toward every day, doing our best, giving it everything that we've got. And I've got a couple of passages I want you to examine. First Corinthians chapter 14 talks about excelling to the edifying of the church or the building up of the church, that that ought to be something that we, drive, that we strive for and that is a drive for us, that we are seeking to excel at that. Not just do it, but excel at it. And then there's a passage in Philippians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count it m not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. And if anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same things. And some of what I want to draw out of those passages is the idea that we've not yet attained these things. We're still pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. 
So eight weeks or eight sermons to a better body, a better church. We need to be striving for, working toward excellence, trying to improve our lives. So one of the things that I would like for you to do today, for me to do today, is to take this series of studies and go home and try to make application to them in our life. How can we improve? If you find yourself sitting there going, well, I am kind of who I am. I'm not really interested in making any difference in my life. Well, then you'll be where you're at. And that's what you'll do. But all of us can improve. All of us can strengthen ourselves, strengthen our weaknesses, and maybe even strengthen some of our strengths as well. That's kind of the overview of what we're going to do over the next several weeks slash sermons. But my topic specifically was being the complete person. And I'm going to make application of that from the physical side first, that, that we're made up of several components from a physical standpoint or from a, a human body standpoint. Uh, we have a body, and it's physical. It lives in the physical. It dwells in the physical. But we also have a spirit, which is, uh, I'm going to compare that to the thinking, reasoning, remembering portion of us. It's what makes us us. It's what makes Ty Ty and Michael Michael and race race. And we're different people. Uh, we have different experiences, all of that. That's the spirit side of man, and then the soul is that eternal side of man. And we're made up of that. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 23, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to be fair to this subject. So I want to tell you... There may not be a hair's breadth difference between spirit and soul. Hair's breadth, did y'all get that? Because if you look up spirit and you look up soul and you look at the Greek related to both of those terms, they're both going to start with the word breath and they're going to talk about mind and aspects of that. But there are passages of scripture like Hebrews 4 verse number 12 that tells us there's a difference between the soul and the spirit. Okay? For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So there's some difference between spirit and soul. The Bible tells us that at the end of our life, the spirit returns unto God who gave it, but our soul is continuing to be in eternity, and there is one particular school of thought that at some point in time those things are rejoined with a new body, which is the resurrection, when all of that takes place at the resurrection. Not really trying to get into that today. I just want you to think in terms that your physical being, your, your physical uh, existence has a body, a soul, and a spirit. I want you to think about that for a moment and how important it is for us as individuals as human beings to be balanced in all of those things that we're not all in the physical and that's part of the challenge we have in this world around us we live in the physical my body has physical desires it it has physical lusts it has physical things that are happening it has hunger it has those things that are physical that my body my human body yearns for those things but I have to balance that out I, I can't live in that and I can't 100% dwell in that or it will destroy me. I, will, I can have physical out here so much that I don't pay attention to other aspects of my being that also need to be nurtured, that also need to be fed when I think in terms of the spiritual or the, or the eternal side of man as well. So let's think about re thinking, reasoning, remembering. That might be the education side of man. 
We go to school, we learn two plus two is four. We learn three plus three is six. All of those things that as, as we learn, we grow, we have experiences, that kind of thing. It's the thinking, reasoning, remembering. It's, it's Ty's ability to go, I had this experience, therefore I came to this conclusion, and it's a part of what makes up my being, and, I, and there needs to be a balance in that. I could, in fact, when I was a child, my family would go on a family vacation. I love to read. I like to read. We've been talking to some of these guys. We've split up into groups, and we've been reading books uh, and discussing among ourselves those books. Uh, one of the books we're working on right now, our young men, and or older men, I guess, everyone, uh, we've been reading Every Man's Battle. And it really talks a lot about what the body deals with from a fleshly standpoint, what the physical side of man has to deal with. And, and I like to read, so it's not a challenge for me. In fact, if I were going to tell you the perfect vacation for me, perfect vacation, would be like in the Smoky Mountains, and I would have a book, and I would be laying down and reading a book with a nice, gentle 70-degree breeze blowing, uh, and it would just be like the perfect vacation. I'd never had those, but I'm telling you, it would be perfect. I, I enjoy that. That's the thinking, reasoning, remembering side of, of us. It, it, there's those things that are... Uh, I'm trying to learn or trying to grow, and, and I like to read a lot of different types of writings and things like that. Reading comes easy. It may not come easy for other people, but I was starting to tell you the story. When I was a child, uh, we took a family vacation, and we were like in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, and my dad, no telling what he spent for this vacation, and you know, we're traveling down the road, and we're stopping, and everybody's getting off on the to see the beautiful canyons or the wonderful mountains or whatever. And I'm still in the back seat of the car reading because I like to read. And finally, Dad actually pulled me aside and he said, Son, hey, we're on vacation. Part of this experience is seeing these mountains. You get to look at the mountains, put the books away. You get to look at something. You get to experience what it is everybody else is experiencing. One of the things that taught me, and my dad instructed me in that, he was trying to coach me in life is that you can be so focused on education, you can be so focused on reading, you can be so focused on learning that we forget the physical sometimes. Or maybe we forget the spiritual from a standpoint of the soul, the eternal aspect. We can be focused at every... The most important thing in life is learning some new thing. And Solomon taught us that at the end of the day, it was vanity and vexation of spirit. He said, I went everywhere, tried to learn everything, do everything I could do. And he also said that about the physical. I tried to fulfill every lust that this body could have. And at the end of the day, it was vanity and vexation of spirit. And he came to the very end in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. He said, here's the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man. And you know what he was trying to say was it wasn't wrong to fulfill the physical. It wasn't wrong to fulfill. It wasn't wrong to get education. None of those things. But all of life has to be put into one word that I tell you as I've grown older has become more and more a word that continues to show up in my vocabulary. And it's the word balance. Trying to find balance in life. And you know, you could probably do that from a spiritual standpoint as well, or the eternal side of man, to the point that you become a religious wacko, or you become a religious fanatic, or something along those lines. And the reality is, all of that has to be balanced out in life. But if I ignored 
the thinking, reasoning, remembering, and if I ignored the spiritual or the soul, the eternal side of man, and all I did was live in the physical, that would destroy me as well. I can't just live in the physical. I can't just fulfill every desire my body has. I can't fulfill everything that my body wants. I can't eat everything I want to eat. I can't think about everything I want to think about. I have to be able to control those things and balance those things out in life. So when you think about Ty or you being a complete person, we're talking about being complete from a physical standpoint, from a thinking, reasoning, remembering standpoint, and from an eternal standpoint. The eternal aspect of the soul of man, the most valuable thing you have, and weigh that out in life and try to find balance in those things so that you can live a healthy life, that you'd be a healthy human being. Well, those same things would be tr true of the church body as well, and that's where I want to make application to our subject today. Eight weeks or eight sermons to a better body. How, do we, how are we a complete church? How are we complete? And when I say church, we can make application to our congregation, but I'm really talking about the church. We live in the physical this building's physical, communion is physical. In fact, I've got some examples there. Our singing is physical. There's commands to sing. Our praying is physical. We had Mario led us in prayer this morning. It was a physical thing that we all went through. Teaching, the teaching portion of our service is something that's done physically. Communion, Dennis just led us through the communion service. We're physically partaking of the, of the bread and of the fruit of the vine. There's physical aspects to it. Uh, the giving aspect, there's physical aspects of that. We're laying money in a plate or we're physically getting on our phone and transferring funds or that type of thing. There's a physical aspect to what we do in church. But you know, it's very possible we can get so focused on the physical that we forget the other aspects of the body. And there are more things to the body than just what we're doing physically. That does not mean what we do physically isn't important it just means that word balance needs to come in to some extreme, or to some extent, not extreme, but some extent. And I'll give you some example of that. John chapter 4, verse number 23 and 24 says, But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. For God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And if I could for the moment take the the comparison that truth would be the physical side of things, that we're doing what it is we've been commanded to do. We're obedient to what it is that God's asked us to be obedient to. But I want you to notice the other side of that was spirit, that our heart's right, our heart's in it. It's not just about going through motions. We can walk into church services and sing a song or, or pray a prayer or do a communion service, those kind of things, but our heart needs to be in it. It needs to be sincere worship. Uh, when it comes to God accepting that worship as well. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse number 15 gives application to that when it talks about singing and praying. It says, I'll pray with the Spirit, I'll pray with the understanding. I'll sing with the Spirit, I'll sing with the understanding. So that kind of brings in that thinking, reason, remembering side of things, that we're understanding what it is we're doing. Not only is it sincere or spiritual in the sense that the spiritual side of man or the eternal side of man is involved in it, but we're understanding what it is that we're doing. And you could take any one of those subjects again and make application and say, well, we do them physically, but do we understand what it is that we're doing? And we could continue on with other subjects, like baptism is a physical act. 
And there's people all the time in the world that say, well, it doesn't matter whether you're baptized or not, just as long as you feel something in your heart. Well, if that's the case, then we're not understanding Scripture in its balanced aspect. There's still the physical. We're commanded to be baptized, but we're not recommending people get wet in water. We're recommending they turn their heart over to God, that there's a spiritual aspect to that, and that it's a balanced approach to being obedient to what God has told us, but to also understand what it is that we're doing and that we also recognize the eternal or the soul, spiritual side of what it is that we're doing as well. So let's talk specifically about singing. That 1 Corinthians 14 said, I'll sing with the Spirit, I'll sing with the understanding also. Now, singing's a physical act, and you need to sing. Somebody says, well, I don't know how to sing, or I don't know how to hit a note, or I, I don't know how to harmonize, or I don't know my shape notes, or that kind of thing. None of that's in Scripture. None of that. Sing is in Scripture. Sing. Open up your voice and sing. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of glory. He's worthy of honor. And the command is there when we worship to understand what it is that we're doing. Sing. Sing. And all of the other things, we may talk about things like we can learn new songs by learning uh, shape notes or rhythm patterns or things like that. All that is is a technique to say somebody wrote a song over here. How can we translate that off the page into, into being able to figure out what that tune is for us to sing? That's all that is. The command to sing stands alone. Sing. It has nothing to do with whether you can sing shape notes or not. Um, or sing perfect harmonies or whatever. Sing. Many of you know who I'm talking about, but I grew up in a congregation that had a guy that, I mean, he was loud, he was boisterous, uh, and he was off-key. But I'm telling you, he sang. And I'm also telling you that he got sick for a period of time and he wasn't able to come to the assembly for a long time. And I'm telling you, you missed his voice in the crowd. He sang. He knew how to sing. Now, he was way off-key. He did not understand music. He didn't understand uh, making sure he's harmonizing and all that sort of stuff. It didn't matter to him. He was being obedient to what God told him to do, and that was to sing, and he sang. I don't think he was tone deaf. I think he was just untrained, honestly, from a singing standpoint, which is part of the reason why we try to train along the way. And we want our young people to not all be Reed Faglas, which is the guy's name. Uh, I love Reed and, and loved Reed. Right? One of the best man, men I've known. And his wife was absolutely one of the most amazing women I've ever met in my life. Um, but I'm telling you, Reed Fagla just... He was untrained, and the reason why I say he wasn't tone deaf is you'd be out working with him in the churchyard or whatever, and he's whistling like nobody's business, and perfect tone, perfect, amazing, beautiful, the best whistler you ever were, was around, amazing whistle. So it told me he could hear tune, he could hear tone, he could hear those kind of things. He just didn't know vocally how to make that happen, and that's going to be the case for a lot of folks. A lot of folks that say, well, I can't carry a tune, I promise you can learn to carry a tune. A lot of folks. There may be true tone-deaf people. I'm just saying that a lot of folks that say they're tone-deaf really are just untrained in doing that. So open yourself up to training and being better at whatever it is that you're asked to do. If, if you're asked to sing and God has asked us to sing, try to give him the best you've got. But it needs to not just be about notes. It needs to have understanding behind it. And what we're singing, it needs to have the heart behind it. Ephesians 5 verse number 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. 
So the heart's involved in our singing. It's not just the physical act of singing, but our heart's involved in that singing as well. Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So here's aspects of our singing to help us be better and be a better body, be a better church so that we try to understand the balance in that. And I'm just using singing as one example. I'm telling you there's multiple examples. I could take the same illustration and, and, make, and talk about prayer. I could talk about teaching or I could talk about communion. I could talk about our giving service, all that. We can all go through the motions. We can put dollars in the plate. But what does he teach us about giving? That it needs to be from the heart. It needs, to be, it needs to have a balanced aspect to it that we recognize the command for physical, but there ought to be that want to in there. There ought to be that spiritual side and, we, and understanding what it is that we're doing and recognize the importance of what we're doing that's, that helps us be a balanced church. I tell you honestly, it's a struggle for Jerry and I as elders of a congregation that we talk about money. Let's talk about giving for just a moment. We talk about it. We, talk and, you know, we hadn't got to our contribution side of service. Brother Dennis is going to talk about that in a little while. But we don't want to be a church that talks about money all the time because it's not just all about money all the time. But yet at the same time, is it sometimes about money? The answer is yes. Because we live in a physical world and we deal in that physical realm and we've been commanded to give. So we have to talk about it from time to time. But I'm telling you, Brother Jerry, and I struggle a little bit on how to balance that as a congregation. There's times we need to teach on it. We need to make sure our congregation's understanding and, under, and, and understanding what's taking place and making sure they understand their hearts in it. But I'm telling you, at the end of the day... It's not just a checklist that you put a, a dollar in there, and it's a struggle because we also don't want to turn into the church that everything's about money. We just don't want to be that kind of a group. But, or, or you end up living in the physical. You end up being so balanced over here that you're not improving and, and living that balanced life to be the complete church body that we want to be. So I want you to think about that. And like I say, there's a, a ton of other subjects. I'm going to leave some of, some of the meat on the bones for James on Wednesday night. James is going to talk about that subject Wednesday night, this subject Wednesday night, but he's going to try to make application to these things. But we could talk about baptism. We could talk about a lot of different aspects of Christian living and put application to these very principles. But I want you to think about it in terms of how can we be a complete church body that, that's balanced, that recognizes the importance of the physical, but also recognizes the importance of the heart being behind it and understanding what it is that we're doing, the thinking, reasoning, remember, remembering side of what we're doing as well. Our ultimate goal, as you've seen this chart before, is we want a functioning church body, but how are we going to get there? And there's a lot of physical elements to that. And there's years and years and years of investment in that chart right there. It wouldn't take you very long to, to see the depth of things that are needed within a body, within a, a body of Christ. And can we be better at it? Can we work at it better? Can we be stronger at it? Can we be deeper at it? Can we be thinking more about it? And make sure that we're not just going through a checklist mentality and go, I went to church Sunday, and then we go home, and our lives aren't changed. We've got to balance this thing out to be the complete church. So there's your subjects that are coming up. I think it's Brother Scott, if I'm not mistaken. I don't see Brother Scott right at the moment, but uh, he may be back there handling uh, 
usher duty or something, but I think he's talking about the head, starting with the head, the head's Christ, etc. And I'm not going to go through all these sermons, but the reality is we've got a lot of different aspects that we want eight sermons to be a better body, a better church body. And I want to encourage you as we leave this place today to think in ways that we can improve and improve our heart, our mind, our soul, our physical side. What can we do to be everything God wants us to be in the church? If you're here this morning and not obeyed a call to the gospel, you've got an opportunity to do that right now. The song says, just as I am, and I come broken. And I want to tell you, it's not how you come to the cross that matters, it's how you leave the cross. And you've got an opportunity this morning to say, I'm turning my life over to Christ. I, I will walk through the physical things but it's about a spiritual thing. I want to be right with God. And we're going to sing an invitation song. If you're here this morning and you've not obeyed a call to the gospel, take this as an opportunity to respond to that gospel message. Maybe you've done that. Maybe you're a member of the Lord's church, but you found yourself separated from him. You found yourself at a distance from him. Today's an opportunity, and that same blood that's there in baptism to the unbeliever is there in prayer and repentance for the Christian, for, the, for the, the, the individual that's a member of the Lord's church but has fallen away. You've got an opportunity today to come in contact with that blood. We're willing to pray with you, encourage you this morning any way we can, ask you to come. Make, sit down on the front bench if you would this morning. We'll be happy to assist you with whatever spiritual need you may have as we stand and sing the song that's been selected. Thanks for joining our sermon series podcast today. For more, check us out on YouTube or come worship with us on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings.